0: Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ben Standig here for another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Excited to be talking to you guys on a Saturday. Excited that we are right now, as I'm talking to you, less than 24 hours away from game one of the Eastern Conference uh, first round matchup between the, the fourth seeded Washington Wizards and the fifth seeded Atlanta Hawks. Um, not going to lie to you. Just like it kind of seemed like the players post-All-Star break were, you know, a little bit sideways, less than enthusiastic, not always seemingly, you know, rocking and rolling and whatnot, as I like to say, um, about their situation. I kind of felt the same way. Uh, but kind of ever since the break, it's been kind of like, okay, when are the playoffs getting here? How much longer till the playoffs are here? Who are the Wizards are going to play in the playoffs? What's the matchup going to be like? So I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I think the Wizards, uh, I, I'm expecting the Wizards to be a little more uh, amped up as well, and that's going to be a very key, especially, it's going to be very key, especially defensively in this series, and I want to sort of get into some final thoughts on that for you here on this, on this podcast. Also, I'm going to play some audio from you from John Wall from Friday's practice, John Wall's take on the key against uh, Atlanta's stingy and and uh, turnover-forcing defense, his thoughts on... The MVP race, he's got it down to a two-man race. I'll let you know where, where, where he's at and and if he cares kind of about where he finishes in in the mix. And uh, some other thoughts from John on the season as a whole. I, I didn't uh, t- take the entire media process- session, but I took a good chunk of it. And I, I think you guys will t- always will, will like to hear it. Always good to hear John um, candid in his thoughts for sure um uh, meanwhile if you want to listen to any other other of the podcasts so far we've been uh i've been putting together here a uh, lot of different uh ways to look at it you got your straight atlanta hawks preview with uh kl Shinard from the hawks.com you got a stats preview with my guy mike lynch from basketball reference uh, Danny Rourier, I guess maybe we could say, brings it more from that fan perspective. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the uh, radio host for 106.7 The Fan. All those podcasts this week, you can find them all on iTunes or anywhere else you do your podcasting. Of course, did did a two-parter with Mr. Michael Lee from The Vertical just the other day, uh, talking about the Wizards as well. All right, so let's, uh, let's get into John Wall. Let's, let's uh, hear from... The wall star, the point guard, the straw that stirs the drink, the guy who is going to be key as much as any single player in the playoffs. I honestly think for his given team, I mean, we can compare. um, Actually, let me do this on the other side. We can compare John to some other players in terms of their value for their particular series. And I'll do that after we hear from John here. Plus, get into what I think are ultimately the big keys for this Wizards-Hawks series. So here we go. First off john wall uh from friday's practice talking about this series and lots of other nba topics uh, The wait um you know, i know it
1: was just one year you guys didn't make the playoffs but the wait to get back here uh very very anxious very exciting i mean start this season was not the way we wanted it to start so looking like hope we're not going through the same process as last year um uh, to be back in the playoffs to finish the way we did you know, we couldn't ask for nothing better almost getting 50 wins, winning division title. And all we could do is just try to move forward and use it as motivation.
0: John, how hard was watching the playoffs last year? I remember you went to Cleveland and you had the surgery or whatever. But just I remember how disappointed at the end of the year you were about not being there.
1: It's just like uh, once you get the, the feeling of it, you don't ever want to miss it again. You know what I mean? So it was tough missing. It was definitely tough watching the last five games of the season on the sideline. Didn't know I was going to have to have surgery and going to the game and watching them and seeing how exciting those games are, how much it means. Uh, We have a couple guys on our team that's anxious to see what the playoffs is like for the first time. Like I told them, it's going to be totally different than what the regular season is. Uh, The crowds are amazing. Uh, It's fun. There's nothing more you can ask for. This is what you work hard for. We're putting a lot of work in the gym in the summertime and throughout the season for 82 games, and we're here now.
0: Is there anything specifically you told to Keith and and Kelly, guys that haven't been in the playoffs before, about what to expect?
1: Every possession matters. That's it. I remember I didn't get back on one play in the first quarter, and Charizan cussed me out my, my first time. So that lets you know every possession matters. Um, and that's all I can really tell those guys. Just be comfortable. Play your game. But every possession matters. So you can't have those lapses. How is your body feeling right now? Great. perfect though. The quad thing felt good and all that stuff. Yep. Been getting a lot of treatment every day and doing the stuff I was doing before I had it. But, yeah, it feels way better, 100%.
0: Both teams are uh... – Top three of the league in generating or uh, forcing turnovers. What's the key for you guys against them to, to limit your own turnovers? Spacing. It's definitely to get this team. They do a great job of
1: stripping down on the ball and uh, protecting the paint. Every time you, you keep the ball on one side, you probably, you're probably definitely not going to score. They load up to one side. All right, so we move the ball. We're going to get a lot of weak side shots. And um, if you're able to knock down those shots, it's going to be a tough game. They do the same thing to us. So we just got to be the one to take care of the ball. Whoever take care of the ball, they don't have the most turnovers.
0: Going to have a clear cut big advantage in this series. Uh, NBA ballots are due for people voting for end of the year awards. How curious are you to see kind of how the MVP shakes up?
1: Well, it's going to be interesting, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, Russ broke records and had a heck of a season and did something that nobody thought was going to be accomplished. And James has won over 50 games and almost averaged a triple double with eight rebounds and 20 some, 29 points and 11 assists. So, uh, I think it's just those two really that's in the race. The other guys, like Kawhi and LeBron, those guys, and Isaiah and me, we're up there, but those two guys have had remarkable seasons, and I think just got to see what, what happens. You curious where you finish? Mm-hmm. No, nope. but I ain't finished first. <laughs> <laughs> so I still got some climbing to do. John, you. John, would you say that getting home court this year, getting winning the division was kind of the expectation going to last year? Oh, I think it's just a great question. I The mean, first time... I've been in the playoffs, we started off on the road. You know what I mean, so get advantage if you can win on the road and then be able to go home and take care of that. So we had the opportunity to be home 1st you got to take care of home court and then just try to snoop it on the road because that's all Landon really thinking is coming in at least getting one of the two games. And you feel comfortable knowing you have the next two at home.
0: And did you anticipate that this was going to be your best year coming off of the surgery, you system, you
1: coach? Yeah, definitely, I said that. I said when I have surgery after my surgery, I'd be i um, back to the most healthy I've ever been. I uh, just had a lot of time to just work on my game. Even though I'd, it was cut a little bit short, I had a lot of time to just still work out throughout the season. Uh, I think even all the work you put in throughout the summer, a lot of people don't get to see it behind closed doors. But when the season starts, you still want to be able to work on your game when you have days off or time after practice. In the, in the years past, I couldn't because I was dealing with so many injuries.
0: And was was there anything more to this year? What was... Was it the leadership role that you assumed? Was it was it the way Brooks used you? Like what else kinda led to this kind
1: of I think leadership wise, uh, and then just Brooks telling me to be more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Don't always settle for jump shots, attack downhill, get to the line as much as possible. And I think, uh, that was a big key of And then just having people on my team knocking down shots, you know, I mean, those guys are Otto was, was shooting a career high. Brad's being more aggressive with at attacking and also knocking out shots. Keith was playing better. So everybody just made the job a lot easier for me and
0: opened up lanes for me. All right. Uh, there you go. John Wall getting uh, helping you get set for this series. You know, one, one thing I wanted to, to get into a little bit here. Uh, you heard me ask him about his thoughts on the MVP race. He narrowed it down to James Harden and Russell Westbrook he also mentioned Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Isaiah Thomas, and himself sort of being in that next group. And, and then you hear what heard him say he didn't really so much care where he finished um, since he wasn't going to win. Uh, I buy that to a degree. I think I think there are two races that people are interested in. They want to see how that top four goes, but they also want to see who finishes fifth. I, think mo- I, I would almost be surprised if anybody's ballot doesn't have In some order, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James. I've already stated, I don't have a vote. I've already stated, I think I would vote for Kawhi Leonard for what he does on both ends of the court. I think people are just assuming that the San Antonio Spurs get 60 wins no matter who's on the team, without really looking at what else they have going on. It's not a particularly impressive team at the top, and Kawhi Leonard has put San Antonio in position to be the number two seed in the East. But, put that aside, the... The the, the fifth spot is interesting, uh, because you do have, obviously, John Wall, who, look, I mean, I've said this a hundred times in this podcast, if we could could have some smart guy correlate John Wall's, I don't think this is possible, by the way, if we could have somebody correlate John Wall's intensity level from start to finish of a game, I would bet it very much mirrors how the Wizards go. When John Wall is maybe in a particularly cranky mood with the refs, it feels like the Wizards are a little bit more uh, chirpy as a, as a group. When the Wizards, when John Wall is not engaged defensively, the Wizards tend not to be engaged defensively. But when John Wall is pushing the ball, when John Wall is attacking opposing point guards all all over the court, the Wizards tend to do the same. And I think that to that extent of an MVP, I I really think John Wall deserves a lot of consideration for that fifth spot on a ballot. Um I always feel like I need to pre- preface this both to myself but to anybody who's listening is that uh, the Wizards are obviously the team I watch the most. Um I kind of in my head can rationalize voting Isaiah Thomas fifth when you just consider how much he's doing for them offensively, his scoring. The fact that look, Boston finished first um in the East and you, know, you look at that roster and you're like, wow, how did they do that? I think Isaiah Thomas's presence is a big factor. Of course he does he's, he's a liability on defense he's not a really a point guard. he's a points guard and all, and all that. Um, but look I think that one seed I could justify giving Isaiah Thomas that um, that fifth spot. But of course, I say that because I don't watch Isaiah Thomas play every single game. Maybe if I did I would feel different at his liabilities, his, his issues. The, the, the inconsistency would be more glaring to me. I notice things with John wall because I watch him uh, you know, every game and have since he's entered the league. So I, I, I do think it's a very interesting vote, but like, if you talk about for a playoff series, I mean, it, you know, look, if, if golden state doesn't have Kevin Durant, maybe they can't be Cleveland without him, but they're going to be fine for the most part without Kevin Durant. Um, Obviously, LeBron is about as valuable as he gets for what he does, and you know James Harden. So everything revolves around him in and Houston, and so on. But you know, for John Wall, again, for me, from a from a, an aggressive standpoint, from a temperament standpoint, from a focus standpoint, if if he's engaged, if he's ready to go, it just feels like this team will follow him. And if you know if he's off, then you know that could be problematic as well. But I'm expecting i I'm expecting playoff John. to to see here the guy that we've seen who has not been afraid of the moment at all in previous playoff spots. The the thing I've always thought about with John Wall and Bradley Beal that stood out to me as to why I thought they could be contenders in the East was the two times they've been in the playoffs. They both stepped up their game. I've, you know, lots of players over the years seem to me, seem to me to go backwards. These guys went the other way and, and and really improved and um, you know, even if they didn't necessarily improve, they stayed, they maintained their level of focus and energy and, 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 and production and so on. And that says something to me. Um, you know, I always point to Peyton Manning. You can point to all the regular season stats you want. Peyton Manning in the playoffs is just never as good as the guy we saw in the regular season, but that's where people tend to focus because they look at those numbers. Um, you know, and it always stood out to me that John Wall and Bradley Beal in particular move you know, in, up their game in the uh in the playoffs. So, uh John Wall's not going to win the MVP this year. He may probably never win one in his NBA career, although, you know, who knows. I don't think people would have necessarily automatically said Westbrook or Harden would have been would have won and and now one of them looks like will probably win one. But uh, you know, it would be it would be quite the show if John Wall could finish 5th. I'm doubting he will. I'm going to guess it'll be Isaiah Thomas, uh which I wouldn't personally have an issue with. But we will uh, we will see. All right, uh, let's wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Uh, ben Standing here. Let's just talk about some quick keys to the series again. I've already kind of gone through a lot of the you know talking this through on the different podcasts already. But as I've kind of talked this, thought about this more and more as the days have gone on, a couple things just keep jumping out at me. One, the, the, I think the three point defense for the Wizards is going to be. Key. The Wizards obviously struggled from defending the, defending the arc uh, over the second half of, of of the season, and the reason it's going to be particularly key in this matchup, not just because you know you, you want to prevent teams from doing it, but Atlanta just does not have that kind of firepower a- a- any <clears throat> anymore uh, per se. In that you know Kyle Corverton. Atlanta ranked 22nd in the NBA this year in three-point shooting at 34%. And they have some guys that can, you know, stick that shot. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. has improved off the bench. You've got Mike Muscala is a threat, shot 41.8% from deep. Mike Dunleavy, I don't know how much he's going to play in the series, but he shot 43% from three. Um, And, you know, like I said, Tim Hardaway, Kent Bazemore, Ersan Eliasova, who I think is probably underrating his potential impact in the series. He's so, it was been something of a Wizards killer, it, f- it felt like. So they've got a lot of guys who can make it, but they don't really have guys, especially in their top part of the rotation, that you're too concerned about. I mean, Paul Millsap this year only shot 31% from three overall, but he's typically a better three-point shooter. All that said... Um, and also, and by the way, Atlanta's three-point shooting has mirrored this this season series. In Game One, Atlanta goes twelve of twenty-six from three; they win. In the other three games, they shot twenty-seven point two percent, and the Wizards won them all. Uh, they never they only made they made five threes in one game, nine in another, eight in another. This year, the Wizards are twenty-four and five when opponents make eight or fewer three pointers. Um, you know that's kind of the way the game is going. The the NBA is going these games, but again, not just a key is not just the number of threes, but also the percentage. When Wizards opponents shoot under thirty six percent from three, the Wizards are thirty and nine. When they shoot over thirty six percent, the Wizards are nineteen and twenty four. So definitely a big difference um, right there. And uh, like I said, the Atlanta they can put points up, but this is not a Great perimeter shooting team compared to some other ones that the Wizards could end up facing um, at other points in in the in the postseason. So I think right there, three point defense for the Wizards is going to be key. If I had a point as a sort of like a general team stat, if I had to point to any one particular matchup, you know, I've talked plenty about Marquise Morris against Paul Millsap. If Paul Millsap is the best player in the series, the Wizards are in trouble. But, but based on the regular season, Marquise Morris has done a very nice job against him, and 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 I don't, I I can see that continuing. Although he made some sort of chirpy comments at Saturday's practice about uh, he doesn't like the term stretch four. Told uh, told reporters, it's you know you can call Paul Millsap that. I don't I don't really want that. Uh, in any event, to me the biggest matchup is going to probably be Marching Gortat against Dwight Howard. Um, not because I'm that worried about Dwight Howard, but because without Jan Mahimi, uh, until we know when Yan Mahimi is coming back, you know it's going to be at least the first two games of this series and could be more. Um, as, as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Jan Mahimi seemed to be in Mahimi seemed to be upbeat about the situation, relatively speaking. He was concerned when it first happened, but he seemed to be upbeat, so that's positive. But until we know when he's coming back, I'm not going to assume anything. Especially knowing how long he was out, the last or during the season when when it there were points where it felt like he could be getting back sooner than later, but Dwight, but Gortat against Dwight Howard, uh, Gortat in the four games against Atlanta this year, he was the worst among the Wizards' regulars at, with a net rating of minus four in those games, and that's where the Wizards won three out of four. If if Martin Gortat gets in foul trouble, I don't know how the Wizards are defending Dwight Howard. Or how they're keeping him off the boards. I mean, Jason Smith will battle and bang and all that stuff, but you know he's not—he's <clears throat> not—he's not built to, to 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 take on the Dwight Howards of the world. So I think how Marching Gortat can not just and you know not just avoid foul trouble, but actually you know be productive, get rebounds, you know, f- you know, force Dwight Howard to to work a lot um in, inside and, and to be a presence. I mean, look, obviously Gortat, we we, we you know everybody knows. He's great with the screens, um, pick and roll with with the Wall. He needs to do all that, but I think first and foremost, keep Dwight Howard off the off the boards. And if Dwight Howard's looking to you know block shots, take advantage of it with slips to the basket. Uh, if, if, if he can do that, I think the Wizards are in pretty good, pretty good shape. And on the Atlanta side, yeah, the the, the uh, their bench when you when you look at Mike Mescala, Ken Bazemore's going to come off the bench, Thabo Sefolosha coming off the bench. Uh, that is a pretty interesting group, especially again, no, no Mahimi for the Wizards. The Wizards' defense dipped over the uh, over the last twenty you know games or so, and I think part of that was certainly the additions of Boyan Bogdanovich and Brandon Jennings didn't necessarily help the cause. Now you're taking away Mahimi off that second unit, going up against guys like B- uh, Muscala who could shoot, and guys like Baysmore and Cephalosho who can get out and run and, and, and hit a three when needed. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Wizards second unit holds up uh, defensively in particular. So let's uh, let's end it there. Wizard Talks back at it, or I shouldn't say back at it. Wizard Talks get at it Sunday, 1 o'clock. I will be there for a post-game pre- uh, podcast per usual with Todd Dibas. I'm sure we'll have sound from the locker room and some other thoughts, um, and we'll get going here. So buckle up, folks. It's going to be a fun ride. We will see what happens. Um, ben Standing signing off. Until next time, see ya. Everybody, deal gets, gets open for three. Dagger! <laughs> rod, shot. Dagger! Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network.